Independent Kingston MPP Randy Hillier has turned himself in on charges issued by Ottawa police for his involvement in the convoy protest in January. He's facing several charges, two counts of mischief, two of counseling to commit mischief. Those are likely from a tweet encouraging people to tie up emergency 911 phone lines. One charge of counseling someone to commit an indictable offense, three counts of resisting or obstructing a a public or peace officer, and one of assaulting a public or peace officer. Now, lawyer Karima Saad joins us now. She's been following, documenting various anti-mandate and freedom convoy activities for several months, possibly for up to a year I've been following her. Karima, Mr. Hillier seemed particularly unsure about that assaulting an officer charge. Your thoughts? I also was a bit surprised by assaulting a peace officer, but obviously I didn't have eyes on Randy Hillier the whole time I was in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, um, I, I am not shocked at the charges that were laid. Um, it, it's There's some similarities between this set of charges and what some of the other organizers have been facing. Um, and as a result, I, I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. If he's, I mean, there's obviously still a long process to go here. Uh, if he's convicted and found guilty on some or all of these charges, and I ask you this because you are a lawyer. Any idea what sort of penalties he could face? We're looking at a range, uh, and it really depends on the specific allegations that are made against him, what is underlying these offenses, how forcefully is the prosecution going to pursue him. Uh, at the lighter end of the spectrum, we might have no jail time and conditions that need to be satisfied or. Uh, something that doesn't see him um, behind bars, um, but on the most serious side of the spectrum, um, he he could actually go to prison in the absolute worst case. And you say prison, so that's a number of years. That's two plus years, potentially. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Wow. A lot of his supporters and a lot of people who aren't necessarily supporters of the views that he and and uh, and many of the people at the convoy protest represent are looking at the situation though and saying many of the things they were saying agree with them or not it's all it's it's part and parcel of free speech and people should be allowed to give their views say how they feel and many people feel as though the punishments being doled out now after these protests uh, and during it when they were being cleared out went too far and were sort of an affront to to free speech. How do you feel about that? Of course, free speech has its limits. And we turn to the charter right there in section one. Um, There are limitations. And some of those include where speech treads into criminal offense. And that is very, very murky territory. Mm -hmm. And I think people are right to be a bit uncomfortable about that and to analyze the situation uh, with with scrutiny because we we don't want a a scenario where speech in and of itself is a crime uh, unless there's very good reason for that. So I I understand that view. And I think that that is something that the prosecutors will have to keep in mind. Um, But by the same token, um, speech can have consequences. And where, for example, uh, someone is counseling others to commit offenses, that is not protected speech. And, and I think that that, uh, and again, without having 
heard the particulars of what he's being charged with. And this is more just based on my observations. I, I would imagine that there was thought put into why these particular charges were laid. Uh, the other thing I'll say is that um, as far as the state response to the protests, um, there is going to be more to uncover about the initial police response, because everything that has flowed since then, um, rightly or wrongly, I think, by the public, will be perceived as trying to make up for what was allowed to happen in the first place. So I, I think that we need eyes on that as well, and, and to not get distracted by the aftermath and what may seem as coming down with an iron fist, um, people need to be held to account uh, and, and people includes, in my mind, uh, the Ottawa Police Service. I think you're absolutely right on that one. And, and we've seen some of that process unfolding already. Last week, there was uh, a lot made out of the fact that it seems as though, uh, although uh, Ottawa's new police chief, Bell, didn't necessarily give a clear answer, but it seemed as though while there was all this talk of uh, protesters being armed and having caches of weapons, for example, it, it doesn't seem at this point anyway that any were found. Certainly no charges, weapons-related charges were laid at all. And, and this is all part of the process of now sort of peeling back the the response, I guess, and, and seeing whether it was too much, too little, or or just right. Yeah, um, I, I don't have any like special knowledge about weapons or anything along those lines. Um, what I did see in Ottawa, um, obviously, there was the obstruction of streets, um, mm -hmm. people unable to travel as freely as they might otherwise in the downtown core, people feeling harassed and comfortable, um, the sound, the disruption. So things were happening. Uh, but how bad was it? Who's to say? And I, I think that we will be unpacking this for many months and possibly even years to come. And certainly uh, Mr. Hillier's trial and the charges against him will will be part of that. Uh, I know, Karima, that you have been following a lot of the protests against the various mandates and uh, such throughout the pandemic for much of it. And I've been watching your videos on Twitter, uh, very entertaining in some cases, concerning in others. Uh, and, you know, kudos for to you, to the good work that you've done throughout this, just documenting it as a journalist. Uh, you know, I, I give my kudos to you on that. I want to ask you, though, because it's something that I've been asked uh, by friends and, and family. Uh, and I know many members of the public have been wondering, because at one point he seemed to be at the forefront of this stuff. And uh, you were following Chris Guy quite closely. Now you never see him. Do you know what happened to Chris Guy? He got arrested, actually, um, yesterday, I think. So he's not doing great. Um, but he he's moved out to um, a city or a town outside of Edmonton. Um, so he's, you know, an Alberta problem now. Mm -hmm. um, I think that there's a trial scheduled for October of this year on some of the charges he's facing in Ontario. And I think the most recent arrest had to do with uh, using sort of an amplification system in, in public without a proper permit. Um, so I, the antics haven't stopped. Um, I've shifted my coverage because I think he's just less relevant now. Right. And I mean, I guess this is, if you want to be a, a freedom fighter of sorts, which is what many uh, feel that they are, this is sometimes part of uh, what comes from it 
in the end. And, and now we're sort of seeing the the other half of that and, and, and what comes after the freedom fight, so-called freedom fight uh, is over, essentially. An occupational hazard, so to speak. And I think that because people who are in this movement perceive that police either supported them or were not going to take enforcement action against them. Um, there was a false sense of security and individuals who were most prominent or happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time, I think are going to feel those consequences harshly. And I, I would reiterate here that the public in receiving this information, analyzing it, et cetera, um, really needs to avoid um, entering sort of a, a state of, of hysteria. Um, and, and now more than ever, when you have unpopular uh, or unlikable people who are facing charges, it's more important than ever to ensure that due process is afforded. Um, so this is going to be sort of a, a test of the criminal justice system as well. So much of this played out online, and I think some of the proceedings effectively will as well. So we have the court of public opinion, but the actual court as well. And, and that's going to be something to, to navigate. Yes, and definitely important to keep an open mind going into these things. And for lawyers such as yourself, I'm sure you'll be watching to make sure that everyone's rights are, are respected because everyone does have rights. No matter what you've done, you do have a right to a, a proper defense and a proper trial. Lawyer Karim Assad, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Thank you. This is the Alan Carter Radio Program. I'm Mark Carcassel.